I think of all the things we've done so far on this podcast, inventing or re rediscovering the term diplomat has got to be the best. This is diplomat. These shoes are diplomat. Your face is diplomat. You're diplomat. Let's get diplomat. Let's get diplomat up in here. My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words. 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters. 361 chapters. Three volumes. Two epilogues. And a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. <laughs> Steve, your mum's emailed us. Uh-huh. She's found an article explaining in some depth what a naming day is. Yeah, so she sent an email. She says, this might help. And then we've got a link to a website I've not been on, but talkrussian.com. If you send us in interesting things or facts about War and Peace, we will read them so long as they do not contain spoilers. Yeah, if I see a single spoiler on this link, I'm immediately closing the window. I'm throwing my computer in the bin. So thanks thanks for sending that in, uh, Mum. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll check that out later. Anyway, it's not just our mums listening. We're, we're here for, for you as well. Exactly. And may I add to that, welcome, Steve, and everyone else to episode 15. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Excellent. You're happy. <laughs> you're excited. You're ready to go. And are you? Are you? Are you happy and good? I'm happy and ready to read and learn and explore. Good. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> That's nice. What happened last week? Last week was all about Vera, spider mouthed. Allegedly. As long as you add allegedly in, no one can get us with libel there. We don't know if she's got spiders in her mouth or not, but we suspect she might. We've heard rumours, allegedly. She may or may not be a master of the dark arts. One thing we can say for sure is that she doesn't know how to love and she has an ice heart. Doesn't like the kids. No. Uh, She's got a boyfriend called Berg. Short for burger. Almost certainly. (laughs) The kids were kissing away. They were all rinsing each other. We got the new phrase diplomat, as in, this is so diplomat. Meaning cool, we would assume. What happened at the end, Steve? The Countess smelled the delicious uh, scent of, of money in the air. The waft of of green. And immediately packed Boris, her son Boris, into a, a coach. And they went off to see the, the Count. Hunting that sweet money. That's how we ended. But enough of that, Steve, because that was chapter 14. Onwards to chapter 15. The reading. The reading, the reading. While you're the, 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 reading, the, 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 the reading, I know what I'm going to be doing. The reading. I'm going to be perusing talkrussian.com. Sorry, I kept saying the reading loads. This website is a goldmine for us. Russian phrases, cultural awareness, translation, how to call Russia, testimonials about Russia. Wait, we're talking about how to call Russia. What are we about? Like on the phone? Yeah, yeah. I can't click on it. I'm not allowed. Steve, I'm trying to read a book. Shut up. Okay, so what is a name day? Be affectionate and attentive to him. This is certainly true. Celebrating a name day is uncommon in the UK. Although the hall porter 
saw someone's carriage standing at the entrance. In pre-communist Russia, by tradition, parents named their newborn baby after a saint whose feast day it was. You could only christen your child after a saint. Something to do with saints. There you go. My friend. Sorry, that's not aimed at you, Steve. That was from the book. Okay. <laughs> you, said, you said that like you weren't real. Sounds like I've got a Steve button on my keyboard. Okay. 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 Ah, in modern Russia, name days are often referred to as Angel's Day. That's more obvious. Call it that. Mm. It's your connection to an angel and they guard you until you die. Sweet. And did you know that the Queen of the UK has two birthdays? Hang on. When? Yes, of course I did because I'm not a simpleton. I didn't know that. What are the what are the two birthdays? Christmas Day. What the dates? What are the date? What you ask me the dates of the Queen's two birthdays? You, you how long have you known me for? I don't think you know that, but you you do surprise me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chances of me knowing that are zero, aren't they? The mother smoothed the folds of her dyed silk dress before a large Venetian mirror. Oh, lovely sounding mirror. That. If you are researching your family tree and find a Russian connection, we will be more than happy to translate old Russian documents for you. Give us a call. Vladimirovich. Okay, I'm going to pick a saint for you, Will. A Russian saint. Humanum e erare. Chatarina of Lithuania, a noblewoman from the pagan Grand Duchy of Lithuania who became a nun in Novograd. That could be your saint. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, I'll be honest, wasn't necessarily listening at all, but okay. This is your saint, Will. Watching over you wherever you go. Okay, mate. Um, Till he can claim your soul at the end of your life. John of Puskov, a hermit living in Puskov. That's, that's, that's all the information about him. In the 16th century, your saint. What do the doctors say? A lot of saints. Thanks, Mum. Good to learn some stuff. Now... On to Smurfs.com. Oh, fuff. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine being only recognisable by a tattoo. Oh, I really, really don't want to have to guess. I don't want to have to guess the name of that particular Smurf. But is, is that Smurf <laughs> called Tattoo Smurf? He's the strongest Smurf in the village. He's an accomplished sportsman. And he can be recognised by the tattoo on his arm in the shape stop. of a heart. You have to stop. I've finished. <laughs> I'm done. Read it. Come on, there's so much Smurf stuff out there. Steve, I've read it, buddy. Okay. We're back to chapters being relatively long again. They used to be two, two and a half pages, and we've, the last few have been like one and a half. Yeah, barely anything. But now there's more meat on the bones. Well, I'm going to take that as a cue to, um, to start my note-taking. Ah, oh, you've come so far. Thank you. I shan't be accused of impropriety. So, Steve, we absolutely very much do follow on <laughs> directly from your chapter. Classic stuff. Anna too, or to give her a full name, Princess Anna Mikhailovna, her and Boris are off to beg for cash. Nice. So they take a carriage, a taxi, and they head off to go and beg for money from the incredibly ill Count Cyril. I was going to ask you a question, I realised how insensitive it is, but I was going to ask, have you ever gone to beg for money from an old dying relative? I don't think I have, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> have you? 
No, I haven't either. If you had, Steve, I wouldn't have judged you. And I wouldn't judge any of the listeners. If you're listening to this in a carriage right now... <laughs> On your way to <laughs> to beg uh, your old relative, you brought your sweetest, cutest son with you. Maybe stop, have a little think about your life choices. Sure. Little bit of war and peace trivia here, Steve. Nice question for you. A quiz question. What do you think the streets are covered in? Bricks? Snow? Bricks? Bricks. Bricks, all right. Birds? Birds. Snow, birds, bricks. <laughs> leaves animals dogs what would happen if i just didn't stop you <laughs> would you just keep going i've said birds haven't i you have yeah <laughs> have you already run out of things um straw covered okay straw so when they're driving around in their taxis they're driving around on straw covered streets you tell me that's not interesting <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even dare Basically, what's happening is they're in the taxi going over to see old Diane Cecil uh, because Anna, too, needs some cash, right? Mm -hmm. And she's prepping Boris to be like, look, mate, you've really got to play well here, impress him, be polite, do it for us. Yeah. And then she says, be affectionate and attentive to him. Count Cyril is your godfather after all, and your future depends on him. Whoa, intense. Boris's future depends on them getting cash from Cyril. What a day Boris is having. You know, not not a few minutes ago, he was he was making out in a plant pot. Now he's on his way to beg for his future. Beg for his future from a guy who's going to be dead in like 20 minutes. The Rostov chap, Daddy Rostov, Ilya, he's like a gambler. Like they haven't got any cash, right? They're absolutely screwed. He's spending all his money at the club. Daddy Rostov's just constantly doing shots in the club. Boris comes back, though. If only I knew that anything besides humiliation would come of it. Oh, he's sceptical that they're going to get any cash. I think what Boris is saying there is, yeah, but Cyril's just a douchebag. He's just going to be cruel to me. Just rinse me. The guy's not very nice. Well, that's not the attitude we need. We need a positive attitude so that we can get some money out of this old man. Exactly. That's what the mum's doing. Like, dude, come on, Boris, cheer up, mate. The guy's going to be dead soon. Let's get some (laughs) sweet cash out of him. Make nice. I've got a new job for you, Steve. Okay. It would be a low-skilled job, I would say. It's not for the elite, this. Is it straw mover? No, but that would be a good job, because if the streets are made of straw, you would need them. (laughs) You need someone Mm. to put the straw there. Oh, this bloody straw's all gone, all squiffy. (laughs) Call the straw movers. Sort the straw out, son. Uh, No, this new job is... Hall porter. So they carry stuff through the halls. I presume there's a porter for every room then. Every area you can traverse through in the house, there'll be someone there who's like, well, uh, how can I help you? I'm the upper hall porter. So the hall porter kind of turns his nose up at Anna too and Boris because they're not really dressed well enough because they are running out of cash. So I think it's showing in their clothes. They're looking a little bit ropey. I thought the Rostovs were so rich when we first met them that's the thing mate daddy rostov's been gambling it all away all those dinners so the hall porter looks significantly at the lady's old cloak oh no and he's like what do you two want they haven't sent a postcard boris immediately gives up he's like oh let's just go home <laughs> mum it's fine 
And then Anna, too, is basically like a kind of really good talker. She talks a good game. Oh, shit, we know that about it. She's a real wheeler dealer. I know Count Cyril is very ill. That's why I've come. I am a relation. I shall not disturb him, my friend. I only need see Prince Vasily. Just get your foot in the door. I'm not going to come see Cyril. Fine. What about Vasily? Go grab him. Oh, if we accidentally take a wrong turning. She's smart, right? Oops. She's a smart cookie. And the guy's basically like rolls his eyes like, oh, bloody hell, she does know what she's talking about. Prince Vasily or Vasily, however you say his name, he is here. And he's not sick at all. Princess Drubetskaya to see Prince Vasily. He then calls a footman to go and get Prince Vasily. It's just ridiculous how many people are wandering around this house just constantly fetching people. So many new jobs. It's amazing. Uh, employment rates must be relatively high. <laughs> Got the straw guys, all the people standing in corridors, three or four different jobs in the army. All the different parts of the house you have to manage. Employment is through the roof. Okay, the footman goes and grabs Prince Vasily. Vasily came out wearing a velvet coat with a single Ooh. star on his breast, as was his custom when at home. Steve, a question for you that all of the listeners will want answering. How do you dress yeah. when at home? I like to wear, um, it's entirely fur mm. uh, onesie. Mm. You do, don't you? Uh, with a small blue triangle on the lapel. And that indicates that you're at home. And when I'm not at home, I just take the triangle off because I'm, I'm out there. It's my personal triangle. I do something very similar. I will cover myself from head to toe in cling film and just put a very <laughs> small um, little circle on my on my oh, kind yeah. of breast and uh yes, yes only yes. to indicate that i am at home and when you leave the house i take that off so vasily comes down to greet them yeah he comes out of cyril's room um who's like on his last legs being looked after by a doctor the doctor's name is lorraine dr lorraine dr lorraine mate he's a celebrated petersburg doctor it's lorraine Wow, all the way from Petersburg. Dr. Lorraine! All the way from Petersburg, live! Lorraine, ain, ain, ain! So Prince Vasily comes out of the room like, Doc, how's he doing? And I'm not sure if I'd appreciate this from a doctor if I asked uh, them how my family member was getting on. The doctor replies in Latin. Okay. <laughs> Humanum est erare. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. He was swallowing his R's and pronouncing the Latin words with a French accent. He's doing it in bad Latin. Humanum est errare. Human is error. Is that your translation, Steve? That's my translation. I don't have a classics degree. I've got a footnote. Okay. Your footnote last week, Steve, was of course the number 27. This, bizarrely, is the number four. What the F? It means to err is human hasn't cleared it up for me mate i'll be honest mm. vasily seems to understand he goes very well very well <laughs> and then he turns to anna too and boris um and he's quite dismissive and a bit he's not standoffish but he's sort of just like oh this woman again boris bowed politely 
So Boris is there really working it, just really sullen, like, oh my God, I'm bowing, I'm so sorry. So awkward. It's really quite grim, all of this. It's like when your parents take you to see some old aunt or something that you don't know, and they have they, they want to kiss you on the cheek. And you're just there, like, smiling, politely, feeling awkward. Thank you. Oh. Biscuits that are all old and damp. Oh, I'd love these old damp biscuits. Mmm, such dampness. Let me kiss you on the nose. Thank you so much. Give us money. Vasily and Boris have this little back and forth for a bit, like, where are you staying? He says he's staying with Ilya, with the with the Rostovs. Boris again says, Your Excellency. He keeps doing it over and over again. Yes, Your Excellency. Thank you, Your Excellency. What an excellent question about where I'm staying, Your Excellency. Very funny, Your Excellency. Thank you for thank you for asking me about the question. Thank you, Your Excellency. Very good, yes. Vasily asks him a question where he's staying, but he already knows the answer. He just says, I know. I already know that. <laughs> Steve, where did you go last night? Um, to the cinema. I know. I already okay. know the answer. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Your Excellency. Thank you. Thank you. And then Prince Vasily kind of rinses Ilya. I never could understand how Natalie, that's his wife, made up her mind to marry that unlicked bear. Oh, that's a real, real twist of a knife. Perhaps burn of the book, you unlicked bear. Not even a licked bear. Completely unlicked. You'd pray to be a licked bear, wouldn't you? Compared to an unlicked one. Oh, how embarrassing to be an unlicked bear. He warms him up with the unlicked bear stuff, and then he goes in, properly now, cold. Where to go from there? A perfectly absurd and stupid fellow. And a gambler too, I'm told. Oh, and he licks bears. And then Anna too steps in, because bearing in mind she's on point here, she just wants the cash. But a very kind man, Pierre. Yeah, he invited everyone for dinner, Pierre. Be nice. Stop it, all right? I love it when people pop into my house, you know, drop in, tell them that their parents are ugly and like, <laughs> no animals will lick them. And... How's, your, how's your day been, mate? Where have you come from today? Yeah, your dad's an absolute stink pig, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, your dad's an absolute bear licker, he is. Then Anna gears the question away from Vasily just being cruel and nasty to like, How's Cyril doing then? Is he going to die in like the next one minute? (laughs) (laughs) Is he dead yet? Vasily doesn't really answer. He just kind of shakes his head like, "Uh uh-oh. I bet his his quill hand is still working, right? Still time to change the will. Let's only pray his quill hand is in full working order. Bring the ink table. Anna does a really good thing when she's talking to Vasily. Every time she talks about Cyril, she mentions, and it's in italics, that he's her uncle. If it were not for my sincere affection and devotion to uncle, and I should so like to thank uncle. You get it? Once more for all his kindness to me and Boris. I imagine as she's doing this, she's just moving slowly closer to the door. I know his character, noble, upright, but you see he has no one with him except the young princesses. They are still young. She's basically saying, let me in. He's going to die. He needs a good friend. He needs his niece. Oh, uncle, uncle, uncle. This is a nice aside. Um, A princess now approaches from one of the long corridors. I think you'll enjoy the description of her. 
She doesn't get a name. So this is a real lovely Tolstoy moment of let's just describe this random girl as weirdly as possible and not name her. A door of one of the inner rooms opened and one of the princesses, the Count's niece, entered with a cold, stern face. The length of her body was strikingly out of proportion to her short legs. I can can picture her like a giraffe that's been stretched, but with not actually a long neck, though, just a normal sized neck. That's it. A giraffe with a small neck. Tiny little legs. She's just trotting around. She walks. She comes out. She's really dismissive of Anna too and Boris. Anna asks, well, how is he? And then she just kind of stares at them. Like, you're strangers. Get out of here. What are you doing here? And then Anna too gets a bit worried. Like, oh my God, we're losing this, Boris. Yeah, yeah, come on. Say something. Say, say, say the word uncle again. We need this money. Get in that room. Boris, get in the bedroom. Oh, my dear, I hardly knew you. Anna too tries with a happy smile, ambling lightly up to the Count's niece. I have come and am at your service to help you nurse my uncle. She's so good, Anna too. I imagine what you have gone through. She's hitting every every button. It's just amazing to watch. So Anna too's really tried her magic on this little princess girl. And the princess gave no reply, didn't even smile. And just left. This house is horrible. These people are not very nice, Steve. No, they're bad people. Tiny legs. Now Anna does her final move. She just goes for it. She says, Boris, I'm going to go see the Count, my uncle. (laughs) But you, my dear, had better go to Pierre. Don't forget, Pierre's in this house as well. The whole inheritance thing between Vasily and Pierre. It's all under one roof. Like Toys R Us. Anna too says, Boris, go hang out with your little mate Pierre. I'm going to go and see my uncle. Because he's my uncle. So she says, go and see Pierre, hang out with your mate, and don't forget to invite him to dinner. We love inviting people to dinner. A a, a classic Rostov dinner, (laughs) bowing and all, lots of bowing. Spending so much money on this dinner. And Vasily comes in going, oh, please get rid of him. I shall be only too glad if you relieve me of that young man. Here he is, and the Count has not once asked for him. Oh, that's bad. Who does this Count guy like? Maybe he's forgotten who everyone is. Maybe Vasily is pretending that the Count doesn't want to speak to Pierre, Mm. or Pierre's just out partying, playing with bears, like is getting too pissed up and doesn't know what's going on, that there's so much money at stake. He's getting waylaid by the um, allure of, you know, drunk bears and... And incredible, incredible stunts by open windows. Boris is escorted away by a footman to go and find Pierre. Um, that's where the chapter ends. That's it. That, that whole chapter really boiled down to a lot of chat in a, in a corridor. Loads of chatting in a corridor, pal. That was it. Um, look, Anna too and Boris are basically out begging for cash. Cyril's about to die. We've got the Latin doctor. Based on what you've heard about the uh, the Count's uh, medical records, how many chapters do you think he's got left? I reckon he dies in the next two. Okay, you're going to say two, okay. Two chapters in Cyril's dead. Gone. Thank you very much, sir. It's the summary summary. All right then, mate. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You look ready to go. In three, two, one... 
There's an uncle in the bedroom, and there's straw in the street. Give us some money. We're off for money. We need some money. Doctor Lorraine's there, and will he give us the money? He hasn't got any money. The uncle's got the money. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not not my best work. That one it almost turned into a rap. It sounded like you were doing a a kind of poem. I think. <laughs> Everybody wants money. He wants money. And she wants some money. I think I panicked and did beat poetry. It's certainly the most rhythmic <laughs> summation of a chapter of War and Peace I've ever heard. Oh, dear. I'll be honest, mate. I was really focusing on getting the phone timer correct so as not to anger you, Your Excellency. <laughs> Thank you, Your Excellency. Thank you. What was the title, mate? I just didn't hear it. Uh, I called it Uncle in the Bedroom. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Uncle in the Bedroom. It's a great choice of of chapter title your excellency thank you thank you thank you money war peace it's not just about war and peace is it it's money as well i love this book it's every single story crushed up into one massive book i love it all right mate thank you for listening to another episode of War and Peace in Just Seven Years. We love it, we love you, and we love this book. You're the best. And we ask of you, dear listener, just one thing, and I mean it this time. If you just scroll down below the video, there's a there's a link to, to the place you can leave reviews and ratings for the podcast. It really does help uh, other people find the podcast, Click and so we would be very, very grateful if you could. Now. It would be so diplomat. And look, just for you, dear listener, here are the bits that aren't very good. <laughs> to, to episode 15 why are you saying time? episode you weirdo oh okay on to 15 it's a book no. <laughs> <laughs> right what you mean chapter on to what, chapter what 15 doing? chapter 15 here we go it's chapter 15 time book it's a book it's chapter get, 15 get get it clean we have to get it right look at you noting up Note, note, taking all the notes. My name's Steve and I like to take notes. I take notes in the morning and I take notes in the evening. I'm being silent because I'm taking notes. <laughs> taking notes. Does that help? Yeah, that was that really that was good, actually. Yeah, really helped me clarify things. At the end, the countess smelled money once again. The whiff of, of, of money mm. wafted through the room and she was that? Nose... Yummy. Yummy mummy. Oh, I said yummy mummy. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. I meant, oh yeah. God. No, not. Didn't say it like that. With the sniffing as she, well. She's <laughs> really disgusting, man. As, a, just can't, as an accident. It just can't go in. It can't go anywhere. <laughs> I meant mummy. money. I meant sniff, to sniff, say sniff. money. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I meant, I meant money, oh, yummy money. Honestly, man. try, honestly, try and say yummy money. <laughs> say it, yummy money. Vladimirovich, Vladimir. Hang on, Vladimirovich, Vladimirovich. Okay, yep. Count, <laughs> Count Cyril Vladimirovich. Okay, that sounds quite good. What you did, yeah, well done. Little, have a brownie point. What other points? Who cares? <laughs> oh, it's so sad about my uncle. 